Welcome, everybody. Um, hope you're doing well and enjoyed um, Andy's keynote this morning. Um, quick introduction. Uh, my name is Smitha. I'm a product manager in AWS. And my name is Prashant Bangle, and I'm a product manager for Amazon FSx. Um, so today, yeah, we um, just curious um, if you are faced with any of these challenges, right? Today, and, and any of these are you know something that you uh, can relate to, like either you know infrastructure costs are growing, uh, you've got storage and capacity, storage and compute capacity limits, um, or an ongoing management overhead of managing all the storage servers uh, and compute servers uh, in your on-prem uh, you know, data center, then you know, you've come to the right session here. Um, we have a great lineup today. Um, you know, we'll do, we just did a quick introduction. We'll talk a little bit about our uh, file and hybrid cloud storage services. Uh, we plan to go a little bit in depth into what each of these services offers, um, you know, Prashant will talk about, um, you know, Amazon FSx, and I'll talk about uh, File Gateway, and we'll talk through, you know, what each service's capabilities are. And then the example use cases will go into specific areas where we've seen customers use the service and being successful on it. And then we'll open up the room for, uh, you know, Q&A. So, interestingly, files, right? Um, I like this picture, right, just, uh, just shows how, uh, how things can get out of control pretty fast. Files are everywhere, right, whether it's your home directories, right, you're managing backups, or you want, you know, you, you have a media processing platform, right, media files grow really fast, right, media files are large. Or you want to maintain a content repository, get value out of your data, or archives. Like, this is just a, just a small sample of where you want to use files everywhere, right. And the biggest challenge is data, like the data that you're managing is just growing, right? It's, it's nowhere shrinking, right? And with this growing data set, um, if you have all that data on-prem, you know, your challenges are on like planning capacity, you know, periodically you gotta go procure new hardware because you gotta do that NAS refresh, um, set up the storage servers, you wanna detect what happens in hardware, hardware fails, you know, 2 a.m., you get that pager, you gotta address that. Um, and then the biggest one is CapEx, it's your capital investment. Now what if you turn that CapEx into more OpEx, right? You move that hardware and you just manage software and do it yourself in the cloud, right? Um, you've solved some of the problems, right? You've solved the hardware aspects of it, but you're still kind of doing uh, with the software, you're still installing your storage server. You're still setting up. You need to manage all your operating system updates, uh, manage your software licenses, manage backup security. So there's still that ongoing management overhead you need to um, deal with. And for that reason, um, we've introduced um, AWS has this file and hybrid cloud services that Prash will go into. Yep. Thanks, Smitha. <clears throat> So um, AWS provides a wide variety of file and hybrid cloud storage services to help you with your use cases. In terms of the portfolio, we have Amazon FSx for Windows File Server, which is a service that offers fully managed native Windows file systems. Um, I'll be going into a lot more detail about this service uh, in the uh, coming slides. We have AWS File Gateway, uh, which is an appliance that allows you to access S3 objects as files using the file interface via NFS or SMB. And Smitha will be going into a lot more detail on this service. 
And then we also have a bunch of other offerings uh, in this space. We have Amazon FSx for Luster, which provides fully managed, high-performance Luster file systems that are integrated with S3 and that are optimized for compute-intensive workloads. Uh, think about high-performance computing or HPC workloads, machine learning, training workloads, um, compute-intensive workloads like that. And then there's Amazon EFS, which offers fully managed NFS file storage for Linux-based general-purpose um, file workloads. And then we also have AWS Transfer for SFTP, which is a fully managed SFTP service uh, for Amazon S3. So um, in terms of the focus for today's uh, session, we'll be uh, going into more details for these two services in particular. So the two offerings we uh, are going to be focusing on are really um, uh, solving sort of different sets of use cases. On the one hand, you have Amazon FSx that allows you to lift and shift your file data to the cloud. And on the other, you have AWS File Gateway, which uh, helps you store and access your Amazon S3 objects using the file interface as files. So in terms of uh, uh, what these services offer and how they enable these use cases, um, FSx is a fully managed service. You don't uh, have to worry about uh, provisioning, setup, maintenance, uh, failure detection, recovery, any of that. It offers a native file system that provides full NTFS and SMB compatibility, and it's fully featured. And I'll go into more details about what I mean by that. And then it's highly available, uh, and it also provides you a single AZ deployment option or a multi-AZ deployment option. We recently launched the multi-AZ deployment option actually on November 20th. And it provides performance uh, of up to 10 plus gigabytes per second of throughput and millions of IOPS. So it's really high performance for your active file storage use cases. And it's cost effective. And I'll uh, say a little more about what I mean by that in the coming slides. And it uh, enables on-premises access um, using even multiple writers and readers to a given file system at any given point in time. So um, overall, think of Amazon FSx as the service that helps you lift and shift your file data to the cloud and use it for file-based applications that need to be accessing these files natively. On the other hand, you have AWS File Gateway that provides an appliance uh, that allows you to have NFS or SMB access to objects that you store in Amazon S3. It enables low latency access to this S3 data using local caching. Um, it also gives you uh, multiple deployment options, whether it's based on a virtual machine or uh, hardware directly. If you're using VMware with uh, shared storage in your on-premises infrastructure, uh, we recently enabled a highly available uh, deployment option for uh, File Gateway as well. And uh, it supports performance of up to 500 megabytes per second uh, local or with cache, and up to 125 megabytes per second over the network that is going all the way to Amazon S3 and back. It's cost effective as well, um, and Smitha will be going into more details about what we mean by that. And then um, it enables on-premises access, of course, which is the primary uh, use case for this service, um, and it uh, supports a single writer for a given data set with multiple readers accessing the data set at the same time. 
So let's talk about a couple of themes that we are going to focus on when we dive deep into these two services. So really, the AWS File and Hybrid Cloud Storage services together allow you to seamlessly transition to cloud-backed shares on AWS. With this, you can basically migrate your on-premises file shares to the cloud without disruption to your applications, to your workflows, to your end users. So how do we do that? We allow you to use your existing Active Directory for all of your user identities uh, and authentication and uh, authorization. We allow you to um, uh, support all of the existing enterprise features that your applications and end users rely on. We also provide a rich set of deployment options to suit your needs for your specific applications. We allow you to maintain security and compliance, and I'll go into a lot more detail uh, about what we mean by this in terms of supporting specific security needs and compliance needs. And we allow you to provide broad accessibility to a lot of your applications and end users. With file-based applications, typically, you have the need for uh, different compute instance types, different operating systems, um, different network connectivity uh, clients being able to access the same file storage at the same time. So that's what we support across our portfolio. In terms of the benefits that you get once you migrate to the cloud, uh, really the services together enable you to leverage AWS for a broad variety of needs. So if you have global availability and scalability needs, um, this would help you uh, achieve those needs. Um, unlimited cloud storage, virtually unlimited. And then um, you have a lot of storage and archival options uh, to uh, determine what makes sense from a cost perspective for your applications. And then um, you get reliability and durability uh, because of the benefits that I mentioned earlier. And then you also get a single point of management and administration uh, with the rich set of AWS integrations that we'll talk about as well when we go into each of these services. And then um, you can also uh, benefit from using your cloud setup as the disaster recovery uh, deployment. So really there's a rich set of benefits um, when you talk about migrating your existing file storage over to the cloud. So let's dive deep into the first service now uh, along these themes. So Amazon FSx for Windows File Server, as I mentioned earlier, is a service that offers fully managed native Windows file systems. So it's as easy as you know, using the console, you click a few buttons, and in minutes, a Windows native file system is uh, set up, provisioned, uh, optimized, configured for you, joined to your Active Directory, all of that and you get uh, a file system that's uh, available and accessible in minutes. In terms of how the architecture itself looks uh, and, and um, how you can use it from your on-premises setup, your on-premises application can access this FSx file system over um, the SMB protocol. And um, we support all versions, all current versions of SMB uh, from 2.0 to 3.1.1. And um, with this fully managed native Windows file system, you get not just the SMB support, but also a native NTFS-based file system with rich support for all of the NTFS features and enterprise features that your applications have come to de depend on. It's highly available and highly durable, and it offers both single-AZ and multi-AZ deployment options. Um, it's high performance, and I'll go into more details about performance in uh, a slide or two. And then um, it supports the full set of security and compliance um, features, including Active Directory integration, NTFS ACLs, 
um, encryption address and in-transit compliances, all of that. So let's talk about a couple of different themes about Amazon FSx. So first, it's a fully managed native AWS service. Uh, what that means is it automatically provisions, sets up, configures, and optimizes the file system infrastructure for you. It provides fully managed high availability and durability. What I mean by that is it continually monitors and addresses any hardware failures in your file system infrastructure. It replicates the data within an availability zone. And then it provides a one-click multi-AZ deployment option with which it replicates the data even across availability zones. And it performs automatic failover and failback across these AZs and makes the failover and failback transparent to your applications and end users. As far as your applications and end users are concerned, you still get one um, single DNS entry that's the entry point into your file system. And they just go ahead and use that UNC path name to access the file system. And then behind the scenes, if and when there are hardware failures in the file server or the storage volumes, all of that is dealt with automatically, and the applications and end users get continued access and availability to your file system. It automatically keeps the Windows software up to date. It performs uh, the maintenance activities on your behalf automatically. And in the case of multi-AZ file systems, it also provides high availability during these planned maintenance activities by performing a failover and, and uh, performing the software update on the secondary. And then it takes daily automatic backups for you, and it applies a retention policy that you specify. For example, you can say, I want to retain the backups uh, for the last seven days or for the last 30 days, things like that. The second is it's a high-performance native file service. And what we mean by that is it provides um, NTFS-based file storage, as I mentioned earlier. It's backed by a Windows file server. It ensures full application compatibility for all of your native Windows applications um, and for your end-user workflows. It fully supports the SMB protocol, all current versions, as I mentioned earlier. It provides the low latency and high throughput and IOPS that file-based applications generally need. Um, what I mean by that is in AWS, you get less than a millisecond latency for each SMB file operation. And then um, it provides throughput of up to three gigabytes per second and hundreds of thousands of IOPS on a per file share basis um, if you're going to the file server directly. That is, if your application is performing a read operation or a write operation and is specifying that it needs to go all the way to the file server directly to perform what is generally called direct I.O. in this space, then it supports this level of throughput and IOPS. But then if your application is capable of taking advantage of um, local client-side caching, then you can actually get up to 10 plus gigabytes per second of throughput and millions of IOPS. And this is because we support the full set of SMB performance features, including uh, SMB opportunistic locks or op locks, including leases, um, and, and so on and so forth. So really, you get high-performance um, file storage for your active file-based applications. So let's talk about pricing. Um, Amazon FSx offers uh, high-performance SSD-based storage. Um, for a single AZ deployment option, the price is 13 cents per gigabyte month. Uh, and for multi-AZ deployment, it's 23 cents per gigabyte month. And uh, just for reference, these prices are in the US East Northern Virginia region. And I'm really excited to share with you uh, today that we are announcing a new storage option that we will be uh, launching soon. 
this is the HDD-based storage or hard disk drive-based storage. And this is meant for applications and use cases that don't need the high performance of SSD-based storage for the entirety of their data sets. Um, so this storage option is going to be offered at a 1.3 cent uh, price point per gigabyte month for single AZ and 2.5 cent price point per gigabyte month for multi-AZ. Um, and this is, as you can see, about a tenth of the SSD storage price point. So we're really excited about uh, being able to offer you this, as a, uh, this new feature as a cost-effective um, feature that you can use for your applications and use cases going forward. We also recently launched a feature called Data Deduplication uh, on November 20th, actually. Uh, with this feature, you can actually save on storage costs uh, because the, uh, the data deduplication um, uh, feature within the file system is going to scan your file system, is going to then find portions of files that are duplicated, and it's then going to um, take out just the common portions uh, or chunks and then save on all of the duplicated storage costs. So it's basically going to end up replacing the duplicated data with pointers to the common data. So with this feature, um, typical savings uh, for general file shares is something like 50 to 60%. And the exact savings that you get, of course, depends on um, your use case and the nature of your data set. Uh, so you can actually get even as high as um, 80 to 90% um, if you're running something like uh, a software deployment data share, where the duplication tends to be a lot more because you have the same build files or the same portions of build files and so on. So um, with a 50% savings rate, uh, just as a, an illustration here about the effective storage pricing, with SSD, you'll basically get 6.5 cents instead of 13 cents, 11.5 cents instead of 23 cents for single and multi-AZ. And with HDD-based storage, you'll actually get less than a cent, 0.65 cents per gigabyte month for single AZ, and slightly over a cent, 1.25 cents per gigabyte month for multi-AZ. So um, Amazon FSx is designed for a wide spectrum of use cases. Um, let's start with one category um, that I'm calling here NAS lift and shift. So if you have um, network-attached storage, um, and if you just want to lift and shift that NAS-based file storage over to the cloud, um, you may have use cases like home directories. This tends to be one of the most common use cases. Um, you uh, may have line-of-business applications, uh, you know, CRM, ERP applications. Uh, web serving and content management, uh, software development environments, uh, backup and disaster recovery, and also recently we launched support for SQL Server highly available deployments. So if you're running uh, what is called failover cluster instance or FCI deployments with SQL Server, um, you can now use Amazon FSx to back your database and log storage um, without needing to worry about taking care of you know, setting up storage across multiple AZs, replicating the data, making sure that failover and failback work well for your SQL Server storage and so on. So this is a use case that we recently enabled. Um, and really the way we enabled this is by enabling a feature within SMB called SMB Transparent Failover. It's also called Continuously Available File Shares. So with that, you are now able to use FSx for your SQL Server um, highly available deployments. Another set of use cases uh, that we target is uh, cloud-native workloads. 
So here uh, we mean things like media workflows, whether it's media transcoding, media processing, what have you, uh, data analytics, and then uh, high-performance computing applications, uh, dev and test environments, as well as software as a service applications. So there's really a wide range of applications that are cloud native that we target as well. And then really across both of these sets, whether it's NAS lift and shift or cloud native, um, we support both in cloud um, and on-premises use cases, and we support multiple readers and writers across multiple in cloud or on-premises locations. So really um, it's, it's a rich set of um, uh, use cases that we are targeting overall. So uh, talking about uh, the security aspects of Amazon FSx, the first one I'll uh, focus on is um, integrating your file system with Active Directory. So uh, you can actually integrate FSx with your existing organization's Active Directory for authentication and access authorization purposes. And uh, we give you two different options. You can either integrate FSx with AWS Managed Microsoft AD, which is what we launched with uh, last year when we uh, went GA for this service. And then uh, more recently, in July of this year, we actually launched support for direct integration with your on-premises or in-cloud self-managed Active Directory. So now you don't even have to um, set up an AWS managed Active Directory and then set up trust relationships in order to use your existing Active Directory directly. So with this, what you get is your, your end users and your applications can continue to access your file storage using the existing user identities that they have on your existing Active Directory. You can continue to use your existing access control list configuration, your ACL configuration, on your files and folders without making any modifications. Um, and so this really allows you to migrate seamlessly without impacting your user workflows or your application uh, uh, you know, setups. So um, FSx also supports um, your existing enterprise features that your file-based applications have come to rely on. Um, so you, you now get to support your applications and end users in the same way you have with your existing file storage solutions. So what I mean by that is things like file locking or leasing for local caching, um, file and folder level access control lists or ACLs, share level access controls and configuration. So with uh, um, your existing NAS uh, storage, you might have uh, share level settings that you have set, things like I want, to, I want to enable encryption in transit for this share and then disable it for this share. I want to enable access control um, you know, in one way for one share, in another way for another share and so on. All of that is now um, going to be transferred as is without the need for modification. And then you get to support all of the administrative features that you have come to rely on in terms of your workflows. Things like managing user sessions and open files. Uh, you might have the common problem of you know, some end user has opened a file and has left for a coffee and never returned. And uh, you can now go, you as the administrator can go in and uh, forcibly close that file so that your other end users can get continued access to your file system. So you can do all of that with uh, this uh, file storage solution that we provide. We also support shadow copies uh, for uh, allowing your end users to directly restore individual files or folders. So let's say your end user deletes a file accidentally and then comes to you and says, well, I want to restore that file. I didn't mean to delete that file. You can now, you as an administrator can now say, uh, you don't even have to be involved. You can now enable them to go use the, the native Windows GUI uh, called previous versions and they can go in and say, I want to restore the previous version of Monday to be the current file. 
And then uh, we also recently launched support for user storage quotas. As of November 20th, we launched that feature. So you can now monitor and control user-level uh, storage space consumption. And uh, we also, of course, support backup retention policies. We support the use of DFS namespaces in order to be able to retain your existing uh, path names and existing pointers uh, that are perhaps hard-coded in your applications or workflows. So now you, you don't even have to go back and change those path names or pointers. You can continue to use the same pointers, but have the file storage be switched out in the back end. We provide a rich set of deployment options to support a wide variety of use case needs. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, we already provide SSD storage, and soon we'll be providing HDD storage as an option. Um, for deployment options, we uh, had single AZ from day one, and then recently, on November 20th, we launched multi-AZ deployment. And then uh, for performance, we give you the ability to select the throughput level independently from your storage. So really, you can optimize your setup to uh, meet your specific application's needs. So if you have a really active workload, you can provision more throughput for it. If you have a relatively cold workload, you can provision less throughput for it. So you allow, we, we allow you to control those knobs independently. So in terms of security and compliances, I've already touched on Active Directory and ACLs. Um, we also um, uh, support encryption of data at rest and in transit. All data is encrypted at rest with uh, FSx. We also allow you to use um, the AWS KMS service, the key management service, to uh, configure encryption with your own customer-managed CMKs as well. Um, we recently launched support for enforcing encryption in transit. So uh, we encrypt uh, data in transit using the SMB 3.0 encryption. Uh, mechanism, and then um, the, if you're using FSx from clients that are not capable of SMB 3.0, meaning older clients, like let's say Windows Server 2008 or Windows 7 or something like that, um, then there's actually no encryption in transit, but we still allow connections by default. But we recently launched the ability to now go in and say, I want to enforce encryption in transit, meaning that older clients will be unable to access this file storage. And then we allow network traffic level access control using VPC and VPC security groups. We allow API access control using IAM, uh, which is all standard with AWS services. And we uh, support monitoring and logging using CloudTrail. And then we have a whole set of compliances that we support, PCI, ISO, SOC, HIPAA, and so on. Um, one of the last things I'll touch on is broad accessibility. So um, we support a broad range of operating system uh, types and versions. In the case of Windows Server, we support Windows Server 2008 onwards. And in the case of desktop versions, we support Windows 7 onwards. Uh, in the case of um, um, other operating systems, we support Linux as well as Mac OS. And then in terms of compute instances, we support a wide range of compute instance types on AWS, whether it's EC2 instances, workspaces instances, AppStream 2.0, or VMware Cloud on AWS VMs. And then, of course, we also support on-premises compute instances to be able to access the file system. In terms of network connectivity, you can connect into an FSx file system using um, in-VPC access, which is the simplest way, within VPC. Or if you're talking about across accounts or across regions, you can use VPC peering or transit gateway. Uh, and if you're talking about on-premises, you can also use Direct Connect or VPN. So really, you can access FSx from anywhere is the summary of this slide.
In terms of AWS integrations, uh, we have a rich set of integrations, um, which you get as a benefit of um, FSx being a native AWS service. So whether it's monitoring and logging using CloudWatch and CloudTrail, um, or it's uh, you know, automation uh, using CloudFormation, um, or, or it's uh, the, the range of um, um, administrative actions, things like management console, CLI, all of that, as well as Active Directory integration, we integrate with AWS Directory Service. So just to give you an idea of how um, uh, we've been busy at work uh, innovating on your behalf, um, we launched general availability at last reInvent, reInvent 2018. Since then, we've been busy uh, launching all of these features, whether it's compliances, some of the big features that I talked to you about, direct integration with self-managed Active Directory, uh, shadow copies, and so on. And then on November 20th, we launched a whole set of new features, multi-AZ deployment, SQL Server highly available deployment uh, support, um, user storage quotas. Um, we also launched support for data deduplication and so on. And then um, as of today, uh, we actually uh, announced support uh, for having FSx in the Los Angeles local zone. And coming soon, you'll have the ability to uh, launch file systems with HDD storage. So let me pause there and hand it over to Smita to talk about File Gateway. Thank you. Hi. Um, so a really quick um, you know, overview on File Gateway for Amazon S3. Uh, what File Gateway is, is it's a local, you, know, you, you download it as a local appliance and you get file-based access to your data in your Amazon S3 bucket, right? So end-to-end -end looking at this architecture, what that means is you have these on-prem applications, right, that speak either NFS or SMB. We support both of these protocols, so whether you have Linux-based workloads or Windows workloads on-prem, and you want to store this data in S3, right? Uh, File Gateway gives you uh, that easy access to the data, right? Um, now, the one thing is you have the local cache, so your applications get that low latency access point to the data, even though it's in S3, they, we cache the recent data. And um, with the data in your S3 bucket, uh, you have a multitude of options, right, on what you want to do with it, right? Either you may want to archive it, you know, you want to use one of the S3 storage classes, or you want to analyze it, right? I have Amazon Athena on the slide, and that's just one example. Um, or you have some processing via Lambda, right? Or Prash touched upon some compliances. You may want to classify your data, right? You may want to use Amazon Macy and classify for PII. With the data in your bucket, that's another option, right? Or you may want to use one of uh, the ML services like SageMaker and run ML on the data. So that gives you, I mean, all the cool things that um, Andy spoke about this morning, all that is available to you now. It opens up all that options with the data now in Amazon S3. And the key part of it is with the support for NFS and SMB, your file-based applications uh, on-prem, they don't need to change or you don't need to change it right away and you can start unlocking these benefits on your data right at the get-go. Um, and you know the key to un the underlying point behind that is there's a one-to-one -one mapping between whatever is a file on-prem is actually just exactly an object in your S3 bucket. Um, so with this file gateway, what we've seen customers use it uh, is across three major use cases. I'm going to give you a few examples uh, uh, for these use cases on how you know we've seen customers build successful workloads on top of file gateway. One is they've been able to move their on-prem backups in the cloud, right? Whether you're doing 
Oracle or you're doing SQL Server, uh, you can easily point, you, know, you get that, again, you get the path, the UNC path to your SQL Server application and you can point that so your backups land in Amazon S3, right? As far as SQL Server is concerned, there's no change, but now you get to, um, you know, archive the backup in Amazon S3 and meet your compliance retention requirements cost effectively. The other one is you may have application and virtual machine backups that you want to store in the cloud, right? Um, or you may have you know, a third-party backup application and you can even use an, either an NFS or an SMB file share as a target to get those uh, backups into S3. The second use case is you know, now that it's file data, it's generated as file data and now it's in S3, um, you can process this data uh, using, um, you know, again, like I said, the services available to you. And I just want to, these are just some interesting examples of what customers have done. Uh, one is, you know, many of you might use an on-prem log application, right? You might be using Splunk or Arcos or one of those log applications. You can actually get those logs into S3 and then run an EMR workload on it, right? So that's just one example of how, you know, you've got data generating on-prem, you move it to the cloud, and then you uh, act on it using AWS services. Another interesting use case I see is CI/CD pipelines, right? You may have a development uh, team that's, let's say, in Boston, um, and you know, they, and they may have another team in India, for example. So you may have these CI/CD pipelines spanning across different environments. Now, because you know, both of those teams can install a gateway and get file-based access to all the artifacts in S3, you can build out this globally distributed CI/CD pipelines to have these teams coordinate and work with each other. The third one is low latency access. I mentioned the caching, right? You get cached access to data in S3. With that, we've uh, enabled you to access this in cloud. You know, you may have a data lake in S3, right? You may have you may have processed this data like using one, you know either our in cloud services or third party services, and you have that data in S3, and you may want to access that on prem. Now you can with file gateway, you can do that pretty optimally and efficiently, and get file based access to it. The other one is a data distribution. Uh, one, um, and I'll go into depth in these use cases. Uh, I have a few diagrams that I'll talk about on how you can achieve a data distributed pipeline across different on-prem environments. A little bit about pricing. Uh, on storage, you're billed as, you know, it is your Amazon S3 bucket, so you'll build for storage as Amazon S3 objects. Um, on the request side, the data written to the gateway um, is a cent, a GB, but we cap it at $125 per gateway per month. So that becomes a pretty, very small portion of your um, you know, pr price. Um, and then we, you, know, you, you get charged standard Amazon S3 request charges because you know, obviously this is your bucket. So you know, S3 API charges, data transfer out. So that's, those uh, charges are pretty standard the same. Um, again, as Prash mentioned, uh, you know, our goal here is the part of your applications that's most difficult to change uh, you know, you know, you may, you know, it may take longer time. So we want to you know, help you uh, bridge that gap. So we support again, we support your on-prem AD and your managed AD, uh, so that you can continue to use these directories. The gateway joins your Active Directory, and you know, it authenticates users right off of your on-prem Active Directory. And we also support uh, AWS uh, managed Microsoft AD. So you can use either of these options. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you download the gateway appliance locally. 
right? Uh, we have a few options for you to do that. On the virtual machine side, uh, we support VMware ESXi and Microsoft Hyper-V, right? And commonly, this is like lets you leverage your existing VM infrastructure. You already have investments uh, in VMware or in Hyper-V, and you want to continue to use that. So this gives you, you can uh, download the gateway locally and continue to use that. We also introduced a hardware appliance option. Right, um, this uh, seen customers use it in remote locations or branch offices. Where I see customers using it, you know, falls into um, I see three categories. One is, um, you know, in remote offices and branch offices, you really don't want to deal with VM footprint, right? You probably many of you might be trying to get away from VM footprint. So hardware appliance gives you that option where you no longer have to have any kind of VM license, but you get the gateway. It's pre-installed. It's easy. Set it up and. You know, data goes into S3 from your remote and branch offices. The other option I've seen is, uh, you know, many of your organizations with VM, you may have to do some kind of pen testing, security testing, all of that. Again, this takes away all of that headache uh, because it's fully managed and pre-configured, so it comes straight through for you uh, and gives you that flexibility. And the third option is, you know, for uh, you may be hiring, you know, maybe outsourced your VM deployment, right? So you have to kind of set up a project, get a, you know, external third-party contractor to come set it up, pay them. So all of that, again, creates uh, extra time, extra steps. So the hardware, you know, gives you, again, an, another point of uh, flexibility where you just bring it in, install it. It's very easy to use uh, and get going. And I'm actually pretty excited to let you know that we're offering a 22% price reduction on the hardware. Uh, so for $9,500, you get a hardware box, and that's just until this end of this year. So. How much storage is in that box? I'll get about 12 terabytes of storage, local storage, yeah. Um, so on Storage Day, we announced a few um, exciting features for the file gateway. Note that the file gateway, you know, it's local, right? It's, it's your on-prem resource. The, the, the thing that we like to talk about is you control it like an AWS resource. You use the AWS management console to control your gateway, set up your gateway, control it. So we kind of want to double down on that. So you have a single place to control all your AWS resources, um, even though it, is, uh, it, it lives locally in your data center, right? And one of, that, one of the exciting capabilities um, I'm excited to let you know is if you have, as Prash mentioned, if you have uh, VMware with shared storage and already have VMware HA license now, the, you can use the gateway to get a high availability deployment, right? For, so what that means is you can, so some of your workloads may really be intolerable to any kind of downtime. Um, so now you can really use those workloads on the gateway and meet your internal SLAs. The other one is embedded dashboards. So if you go to the file gateway console, you get a full view of um, you know, how your gateway is performing. What I often see is you know, customers spin up a gateway, right? Run, you know, run an application, everything's going fine, and all of a sudden you know, you, uh, something's wrong. Right? You don't know what's wrong, is it, you know, what's going on. And you see that your workloads are evolving. More of your applications are now using the, file, the gateway's file share. Right? And you kind of, you know, it was, it was, you may not have been aware of it and, you know, things, which is a good thing. You have more workloads using the gateway. Now with these embedded dashboards, you can actually monitor, keep track, get alarmed on what's happening. So before your end users report any issues to you, you're on top of what's happening with uh, your file gateway. Um, the other one is configuring timing for your gateway software updates. Um, you know, what this gives you is, let's say you have a second Saturday of the month, right? That's your corporate maintenance schedule. You can now set it up so that your gateway maintenance schedule happens right with your internal um, software updates. Like you may be updating SharePoint or other applications, uh, you know, at that same time. So you can even tag on your gateway update, you know, uh, 
on the same time and meet that. Um, so yeah, you know, with the AWS integrations, you get a you know broad set of capabilities, right? Um, obviously, at, with data in your S3 bucket, you know, you, I mentioned the options that you get. Uh, we also support for as far as networking, you know, from your on-prem, you can either use Direct Connect, you can use Direct Connect, and also you can even use VPC endpoints so that all traffic stays, um, you know, private and within the AWS uh, backbone network. So. Um, I said, you know, if you, if you want to use VMware Cloud on AWS, you can even use, uh, download the VM and use the gateway on VMware Cloud on AWS. And, you know, if they have an HA option, you can have the gateway plug into that as well. As far as encryption, we support KMS. If, uh, you know, you can encrypt the data in your bucket, set it up so that every object is encrypted using key management service. Um, CloudTrail, all API calls are logged, right? All S3 API, all Gateway API, everything, so that, you know, as far as compliance is concerned, you get that, all that information. Access is determined via IAM, and we support, you know, AWS's directory services, CloudWatch, Management Console, and CLI. So basically the idea is, you know, you're, the gateway is treated as, you know, basically a first-class AWS service. You get access to all the AWS uh, options. Um, going over a little bit into security and compliance, right? Um, I'm just going to talk through some features and how they'll give you uh, this rich set of compliance uh, capabilities. One is we, if you have SMB file shares, we support uh, NTFS ACLs. So you can set ACLs up to 10 ACLs per file or folder. So what that means is you can give users and groups just the amount of uh, privileges that's needed uh, for their application. So you can control that and keep things tightened up within your on-prem environment. Um, the other one is end-to-end -end encryption and signing options. So similar to what Prash mentioned, you have the option to enforce encryption so that if any SMB client tries to connect uh, without encryption, you know, it'll be rejected right at the get-go. So if you have sensitive data within your environment that you're using, uh, you, know, you can enforce the uh, encryption or signing based on the needs. So obviously, we support compliances for some of your regulated workloads, right? PCI compliant, HIPAA eligible, and SOC 123 compliance. As I mentioned, VPC endpoint, for many of you, that might be important so that traffic doesn't traverse the network. And CloudTrail for logging of all operations. So end-to-end, -end, uh, the idea is as far as security and compliance is concerned, the gateway, uh, the, for running your regulated workloads, you can be confident that the gateway um, meets those needs for you. Um, so Prash touched upon broad accessibility. So similarly, um, as far as the, uh, on that same theme, um, you know, the file gateway supports multiple Microsoft and Linux operating systems, and, uh, and also NFS and SMB. As far as NFS, we support NFS v3 and NFS v4. For SMB, we support v2 <coughs> and uh, v3. And also with the options that I mentioned, you can also enforce whether you only want your clients, only V3 clients to connect or V2 and V3. So you have that control on how broadly accessible you want to make it versus how compliant you want to make it. It just depends on what your needs are. Um, you can access, as I mentioned, the same data as files and as Amazon S3 objects, right? You get that uh, access, uh, multiple access points. And also you can make the data accessible across multiple environments. And I'll talk about one use case uh, that highlights that. 
Um, I'm not going to read through this, but you know, as Prash mentioned, as an AWS service, we're constantly um, you know, investing and iterating. Um, so you know, we've, since the beginning of the year, for us, some key themes have been uh, performance and you know, SMB, uh, encryption, ACLs, and most recently, some of the enterprise features that have been introduced uh, with regards to, again, read performance, high availability, monitoring, visibility, and giving you flexibility on your gateway software updates. Uh, the file gateway is available in all commercial AWS regions, and we are also in GovCloud US West. So with that, I'm going to switch over to a section on use cases uh, so that we can specifically talk through uh, some of these uh, scenarios that you know, I, customers I've spoken with have been successful in using file gateway, and Prash will talk about a few use cases for FSx. So as I mentioned, on-prem backups, right? You have multiple applications that generate these backups. And backups, you may need to store these backups for a lengthy amount of time, whether it's your compliance retire, retention requirements or you may need it for restoration reasons or whatnot, or DR. So getting these backups uh, into the cloud, File Gateway makes it pretty simple, right? You uh, export a File Gateway NFS SMB share, it goes into Storage Gateway, and with that, you have the option to either lifecycle. One, one of my favorite use cases is MicroSQL Server, where you can either lifecycle or you can even restore it within the cloud using Amazon RDS's import-export functionality or you know, use an EC2-backed um, SQL Server. Obviously, some of the benefits are with lifecycle. You know, it's cost effective. You can use one of the S3 storage classes, and you know, it easily integrates with uh, your, uh, either Microsoft SQL Server, SAP, Oracle, HDFS, and other applications. And you have these multiple restore options. With that, Prash is going to talk about a few Amazon FSx use cases. So with FSx, I'll focus on two uh, specific use cases to um, talk through. One is home directories. Um, so you uh, probably have this, um, if, if you're any um, uh, you know, enterprise organization, you have a lot of employees uh, for whom you are storing home directories. Um, you have those uh, users that are connected to your organization's active directory. And then um, you can basically use FSx in this way, you basically join FSx to the same Active Directory, and notice the, the dashed lines here showing uh, which Active Directory each of these um, uh, instances is joined to. Um, so they're all joined to the same Active Directory, and then um, in terms of data path access, you're going over Direct Connect or VPN, and your end users um, access the file storage as they are currently accessing your uh, existing NAS-based file storage. And behind the scenes, um, your file system is actually in the cloud, and it's going over the network and coming back. Now, um, what you get with this is you can migrate home directories transparently for, from your users and applications. You can continue to use all of your existing user identities, your NTFS ACLs, your user profiles, and share configuration. Um, and you can, you can continue to offer the rich support for um, uh, end users in terms of features, things like previous versions, storage quotas, and so on. And you get to optimize your total cost of ownership and eliminate ongoing infrastructure management overhead. And really, with this um, uh, setup, with this architecture, what you get then is your end users accessing file storage um, exactly as they are accessing it today but with all of the other benefits that I talked about earlier of using 
cloud-based file storage with FSx. The next use case I'll uh, focus on is um, hybrid uh, business-critical applications that are distributed on a global scale. So here we have um, you know, a globally distributed business-critical application. Um, think of uh, you know, ERP, CRM uh, applications that are basically running on multiple on-premises locations, four shown here as an example. And you also have part of those applications running in the cloud, um, as I show in the middle box over here. And then you have Data Connect or VPN connectivity between the AWS uh, region where you've deployed your FSx file system and all of your on-premises locations. So with this setup, you have multiple applications running in multiple locations, all accessing the same file system, shared file system at the same time, uh, and potentially being able to read and write at the same time using FSx. And here you can uh, benefit by providing highly available shared file storage for your hybrid business critical applications. High availability and durability tends to be a very common requirement for business critical apps. And here you get all of that in a fully managed way as I described earlier. You get to continue to offer compatibility and rich features for your business critical applications as well. Things like the way you lock your files, uh, things like um, uh, you know, using SMB multi-channel to get higher performance, um, using file leasing to get local caching benefits, and so on. And then you get to provide really high throughput and IOPS to enable highly concurrent access. You can access from hundreds or even thousands of clients at the same time. Um, you can have um, you know, multiple gigabytes per second, 10 plus gigabytes per second of throughput, and up to millions of IOPS, as I mentioned earlier, in aggregate. And then, of course, you continue to get uh, the TCO benefits, and you continue to get to um, eliminate your ongoing infrastructure management uh, headaches. And Smitha will talk about one last use case before we wrap up. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I briefly touched on this use case where you can use the cloud as a content repository, right, and access that data from your multiple on-prem environments, right? I'll, I'll go through a typical customer example, like uh, actually one of the customers that I talk to frequently, they have an office in Boston, right? And the Boston office crunches some of this raw data, um, you know, using it, and they put it into S3 using an SMB file share. So they're like, imagine they're the the left side of the diagram. Now the data goes into S3. Uh, we have a way, we, we have, we, there's eventing within the gateway where you know, once you know the data is in S3, you can kick off workloads, right? Either using a Lambda for processing or Tina for querying, or you have these multiple options. So you can make it event-driven. You don't have to make any kind of polling because the gateway issues an event saying, hey, your data is in S3. Um, I think one thing I forgot to say was the gateway asynchronously uploads the data to S3, right? So when your file-based application writes the data, it doesn't have, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't know when it's done uploading to S3, so we give you that event where you can process the data. Now, once the data is processed uh, and it puts into another S3 bucket, there's an office in Sydney that says, hey, I need the results of that analytics. I, I have an application that reads those results and crunches even more data in my on-prem app. Uh, so there's a cache refresh uh, you know, event that we have that you can tell the other gateway in Sydney to say, hey, go pick up the data. It's ready for you. So you can kind of synchronize this whole data generation, data processing, data consumption, end-to-end -end workflow, and create that content repository in AWS using the gateways. 
Um, again, the benefits are you, you, know, you, you get to leverage the broadest and deepest capabilities of AWS for processing that data, whether you're doing just processing, analytics, ML, classification, any of those options. Um, the other one is you get global access to that data, and each of that global location has its own cache. Uh, so that you know, if it's frequently accessing the same data, it's cached locally, and then you have this eventing to, to update the cache uh, across these different gateways. And then you get this one central area where you're storing the data, right? And you get to store your raw data, process data, use S3 as your data lake, right? You no longer have to worry about cleaning up or removing data, making space for anything. So you get access to all of the data, uh, you know, right from these different locations. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention a, a few other ways you can get the data into AWS is one, we have a data migration service called AWS Data Sync. Or if you have these data coming in from third parties, uh, as Praj mentioned in the, earlier, you can even use SFTP to get that data directly into your uh, bucket. Or if you have, or if you're doing an offline migration, you can use AWS Snowball to get the data into S3. And the same principle of content distribution would apply because that data is in your bucket. And these are a few customers doing exactly what I talked about using these different services. Um, so a few closing thoughts right uh, here. Um, I think key comes down to like, when do you use either of these services, right? When do you use Amazon FSx? When do you use File Gateway for S3? Both give you a file interface, right? Um, Amazon FSx, you know, built for lifting and shifting your file data to the cloud, right? It's file-based file applications. You want to use it as file data. Right. Uh, for a, with a storage gateway in the file mode, it's more about Amazon S3. You want that data in S3 for different reasons right, that I mentioned. So, but you still want to retain some file-based access uh, from your on-prem application. So if you, have that, uh, if you have those different use cases, then it's clear to you that you know, when you would use what. A brief recap, right? Amazon FSx for file server, fully managed service. Um, it's a native file system, right? Gives you full file system capabilities from NTFS ACLs to SMB compatibility and fully featured set. Um, you have options for high availability, whether you want single AZ or multiple AZ. Uh, performance, you get up to 10 gigabytes a second, throughput and millions and millions of IOPS just for your file system workloads to perform. Um, it's cost effective, and now the new HDD option that Prash just announced, um, you know, gives you that, uh, you know, way to calculate what your storage will really cost based on your needs. Um, and then you have on-prem access, whether it's multiple readers, multiple writers, uh, because it's a file system, supports all the file locking capabilities that your applications are dependent on. File gateway, right? You get NFS and SMB access to your objects in Amazon S3. The low latency access to S3 with a local cache uh, gives you, uh, you know, local performance uh, as if the data is local. Uh, you have multiple deployment options between VM and hardware in your on-prem environment. Um, we also have a high availability option with VMware when you're using it with shared storage. Uh, as far as performance, for, to the local cache, the right throughput, you can be support up to 500 megabytes a second. And if it's over the network, it's 125 megabytes a second network throughput. Cost effective, again, I, we went over the pricing. And you know, for on-prem access, exactly the use case. If you have a single writer and you have multiple readers, uh, it's ideally set up for that type of use case as a content repository. So a few parting thoughts from our side, um, you know, takeaways from this session, right? 
we want you to be able to migrate these file shares, right, without disrupting your end users. I mean, there is some delicate balance there, right? It's not that easy to just take this and move it over, right? So our goal here is to make that migration as seamless as possible and enable features that let you do that. The other aspect is once you've migrated, you want to still maintain that for a while. Right? That's another thing that you get to have is, you know, a lot of that doesn't change. You continue to use your AD, right, for example. And then the third part is, you know, you experience the benefits of using AWS services, right? Whether you're doing media processing, content processing, or anything, you, you, now you get all these options in AWS uh, that, uh, you know, you've unlocked for yourself by moving this data into the cloud. And you know, lastly, regardless of you know, what's your cloud adoption strategy or what stage of adoption you're in, right? whether you're you know, just starting out or you're um, you know, cloud native, um, you know, these uh, AWS's file service portfolio and hybrid cloud storage that's available for you to use. Right? It, it doesn't matter what stage you're in, what strategy, whether you're trying to do lift and shift or you're trying to go completely re-platform, you know, these options are there for you to use. And you know, you've got 300, 500,000 applications, so I guess you might want to start somewhere uh, and see which file service makes sense and uh, start from there and use it across applications in your organization. Um, there are a few related sessions um, you know, for Amazon FSx, File Gateway, and uh, Files, which we recommend you uh, see if you have time, and a few training courses uh, on these services that we spoke about today. Thank you.